The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. He is the one of whom I said, A man is coming after me who ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. I did not know him, but the reason why I came baptizing with water was that he might be known in Israel. John testified further, saying, I saw the Spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. I do not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, On whomever you see the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. When I was in seminary, I got a chance to spend a whole summer uh, kind of focusing on spiritual formation. Uh, There's a program called the Institute for Priestly Formation, and uh, it was started um, kind of realizing that within priest formation, sometimes uh, the academic can be overly emphasized and the spiritual forgotten, which is a pretty big, important aspect, right? And so this priest felt called to start the Institute for Priestly Formation, and they invite uh, seminarians from all over the country to spend the summer with them and to pray and to take classes and to specifically focus on spiritual formation. One of the things that when you, right away when you get down there, um, after a week of kind of orientation, we jump right, jumped right into an eight-day silent retreat. So for eight days, uh, I got to um, listen to a few talks, uh, talk to my spiritual director, go to Mass, pray the bravery. But other than that, um, it was silence, right? praying four holy hours a day, intentional holy hours, on a specific scripture that they gave us. And the rest of it was just silence, right? I didn't get to go off and, and uh, uh, read other things, right? I, I wasn't allowed to read other books or other things, you know, just focus on the scripture. One of the scripture passages that they gave us to focus on, which was an intentionality to try to show us about how much God loves us, And the passage in the Old Testament goes something uh, to the effect of saying that, well, Israel, I love you, and so I ransomed Egypt and Ethiopia and these other countries for to, to, to get you because I love you so much. And the passage is supposed to be this great kind of love, right? Like, I'll get rid of it. I'll lose everything in order to gain you. But for me, all that I could think about was what about those other countries? What about those other people that he was ransoming, right? And I was thinking, God, aren't you God of everyone? You're not just God of me, right? You should also care about these other peoples, these other countries as well. And in fact, the passage made me so kind of confused and angry that I didn't want to talk to God. I was like, if that's, gonna ha- if that's how you're going to treat your friends, well, I don't know. I, I don't know if I, you know, if that's how you're going to treat your people, I don't know if I want to be one of your people. And so for almost a whole day, for almost 24 hours, I, during a silent retreat where all that I got to do was read scripture and pray, 
I didn't pray to God. I had to choose somebody else. I had to do something. So I, I prayed with Mary. And I just focused on Mary. I was like, well, Mary, at least you're out of that, you know, strangeness or that what I saw was kind of evil, right? Kind of a a bad, right? To ransom people that were yours to receive something else. But thankfully, I stuck at it. I kept on asking Mary to help me in it and just say, how am I supposed to experience love when you're abandoning these people? And for me... What ended up coming out at the end was a greater understanding of that God works in our individual time, but he also works throughout history. And so sometimes, specifically in this case, we see that the Old Testament prepares us for the New Testament. That the Old Testament in Israel is not actually functionally uh, given all of the grace and the salvation and the attention of God for itself. It's actually that Israel is given all of this attention by God. It's given all of this love, all of this grace, all of this, these great gifts of the law and being able to, the revelation of God, not for Israel itself to be isolated in a vacuum from the rest of the world, but actually for the whole world. Israel is blessed not for itself or its sake, but actually for the sake of the world. The very nations that God had to ransom, the very people that God had to ransom to get Israel was actually for the salvation of those other people. But it takes time. We hear in the first reading, what really speaks to me in this similar interaction is sometimes in this American uh, culture, we can very much see and experience a very individualistic understanding of salvation, right? It's me and God. Everybody else, you do you, but but it's me and God, right? If I profess Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, I'm saved and I might want other people to be saved, but that doesn't matter my relationship with God. Well, actually, within Catholicism, we see that our relationship with God and others' relationship with God profoundly affect all of us. That we're actually in communion and, and that our salvation is dependent on other people's salvation and other people's salvation is dependent on our salvation. We're all interlinked. And so, when God gives us grace, it's not actually primarily, or it's not for ourselves solely. But it's actually for other people who didn't receive God's grace, but God wants to give them grace through you. Crazy, right? One of the examples that we'll have today is actually the example of our baptism today. Is that God gave the grace, the baptism to Thea's parents, not so that Thea's parents might just be by themselves with God, but actually so that they might bring others to God. And one of the primary people that they bring to God is their children, right? That we primarily bring our children, our spouses, to God by the grace that God has given us. It's not just enough for us to do what we need to do individually with ourselves. We hear in the first reading, it says, you are my servant, right? It's kind of a statement. It's a, it's a, it's a statement. You are my servant. 
whom I show my glory, right? That the glory is shown forth because you are a servant. But it says, it is too little for you to be my servant. Wait, isn't that a good thing, right? To be the servant of God? But it says, it's too little to be the servant, to just follow my law and my commandment. It's too little that there's more in store. It even says it's too little to raise up the tribes of Jacob and restore the survivors of Israel, which is a huge task. It's a huge thing. To restore Israel in its relationship with God is a monumental thing. But that is too little. It's too little. Instead, God has huge plans, right? He has worldly plans. He has universal plans. And he says, I will make you a light to the nations. That he blesses Israel and gives everything to Israel so that all the nations might be blessed. He blesses you individually. He gives grace to you for the nations, for other people. That other people's salvation, other people knowing who Jesus Christ is and receiving grace from God is dependent on you being more than just a servant, but being a light to the nations. Now, how do we do that? Well, first of all, we need to be light, right? We need to be first a servant. It's not saying don't be a servant. Be a servant, right? Receive that grace from God. But allow that grace and that servant to not isolate you, but instead allow it to shine forth, right? That light that shines forth. Now, John the Baptist did this, of course, the best, right? He's one of the best saints of all time. And he, in his servant, in his obedience to God, started baptizing people, not really knowing exactly all that was going to take place. But he started doing it and he said, And, you know, he says that he's going to be revealed about who's going to baptize by the Holy Spirit. But that's not my role. My role is to do and to be this servant. But when it comes time to, he points to who it all is about, right? Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. And he actually tells his disciples. He could have, at the height, at the height of his influence, at the height of his disciples following him, instead of just holding it to himself, instead he says, disciples, hey, go follow that guy, right? I'm only here to serve that guy, so go and follow that guy. And in the same way, in what we do in our life, hopefully we have people who see us as... People to be imitated, right? People who do good things. People who love. People who serve. But those things aren't isolated in themselves just for ourselves and our attaboys. But actually, in all of the good that we do, we should be pointing to Jesus Christ. And when the opportunity comes to reveal and to say, the reason why I do everything is because of the light of the world. Because of the Lamb of God. And in that, we have a great opportunity to not just evangelize, not just share the message, not just restore the tribe of Israel, but to give light to all the nations. God's plan is not small to just save you. His plan is to save you, but His plan is to save all the nations, 
all the people. How do we cooperate with that? We cooperate with first within our family. Having those spiritual conversations, sharing about the ways that God has graced us and blessed us, but also talking about the things that we struggle with in our understanding of God, but also those ways where God continues to reveal himself to us. But it's not just with those that we are always close with. I am... uh, I'm kind of envious sometimes people's opportunity to go to normal work because in normal work, you kind of um, get to interact with people that I don't often get to interact with, right? It'd be really strange if I stopped over uh, at um, the, you know, uh, what do I say? Um, one of the McCain's food, right? And, and just said, hey, I just want to talk with, with some workers here about who Jesus is, right? It's not going to work. But if somebody is working there and they're talking with their friends, right? They're co-workers. Hopefully there's an aspect where you're able to share about your relationship with God, about how important God is in your life. And those type of conversations, those witnesses are absolutely beautiful, right? To not think that it's too little, to have spiritual conversations with people who don't know. Because the reality is, is that the darkness out in the world is dark. Right? That there are many people who know Jesus' name and the fact that they, they, they've heard the name before. And they know that he's some guy who you know, was born, was a baby, and that we celebrate his birthday. Right? But don't really understand who Jesus is. And those are the people that we're called to share our light with. And how do we do that? Well, we don't share our light by just shining our light over in this corner and then expecting them to see it. But actually, one of the ways that we light a candle to another candle is by getting close. Getting close, getting to know that person, allowing that person to know you. And then that light, by its closeness, by its heat, lights another candle. And that's how we bring light in God's grace. Is that God's grace is not communicated to those around us by staying far away. But His light, His grace is communicated to those around us by being vulnerable, by being close, by having those spiritual conversations, and by offering those prayers on behalf and for that person. And so, as I've encouraged other times... Take a moment to examine in your life, who are those people that you see that are walking in darkness? Who are those people that don't know God's love for them? Maybe they feel as though they've been ransomed, they've been abandoned by God. May we be that light that shines, that helps bring God's grace back to them. To be that bridge, to be that opportunity for grace that brings them back to who God, that relationship that God wants to be with them. And how do we prepare ourselves for it? Well, to be quite honest, I don't know how to do it most of the time either, right? What am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to do? How is this person going to respond? Well, what we need to do to prepare ourselves for it is to pray, to pray and to ask the Holy Spirit's help in that. To receive more grace, 
uh, to understand and know who Jesus is more in our life so that we might be able to share it more. And that starts with prayer. It doesn't end with prayer in the sense that then I don't have to do anything, right? I'll just pray for the person. Uh, but to pray and to be asked the Lord, how do you want me to be led? How do you want to continue to evangelize and bring all those to your love and to your mercy? And so we'll take a moment to examine that and ask the Holy Spirit to ask us, to guide us, to, to be more than just his servants. To be his servants, but to be so much more, to bring the light to all the nations.